One of the things that families like to do during the Christmas season, or at least many families like to do this, is to watch some of the holiday classic movies that you see on TV over and over again. And there are many to choose from, just to name a, a few of them, Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Home Alone 1 and 2, It's a Wonderful Life, The Christmas Story, Elf with Will Ferrell. Uh, but one of my all-time favorites still to this day has to be Christmas Vacation, which tells the story of how a Chicago family named the Griswolds spend their Christmas vacation. Now, our kids are eight, six, and two, and my wife tells me that this movie is still age inappropriate for them, so we have to watch it at night after they go to bed, and that's what we did this weekend. But the Griswold family lives in the suburbs of Chicago. It's Clark, Ellen, Russ, and Audrey. Uh, there are all kinds of shenanigans that happen throughout the Christmas holiday. Among them, Clark decides he's going to put Christmas lights on his house, and he's going to have the prettiest house in the entire neighborhood. Uh, he says, uh, Russ, you're going to help me make this happen, and they go outside and they get to work. Well, finally, after he tries over and over again to get the lights to come on, his wife discovers a breaker switch in the garage. Uh, she flips the switch, and sure enough, the Griswold house looks like it's on fire, the brightest house in all of Chicago. Well, when everybody comes out to see the lights, Clark is so proud, and he's hugging every member of his family, and, and they're congratulating him, and a job well done, and he's so enamored with the lights that he fails to notice his cousin Eddie has pulled up in an RV to surprise the family for Christmas. And cousin Eddie might just be, I'm just going to say this this morning, the greatest movie character of all time. <laughs> he's a redneck. He has no filter. He wears a dickie, which is a mock turtleneck sewn into a sweater. He drinks lots of eggnog, he drives an RV, and little does Clark know, but Eddie and his family, along with their pet Rottweiler, Snot, have come to stay for weeks to celebrate Christmas. Christmas is a, a time to be with family and to be with the people that we love. And, and for some people, this is a, a good thing, and for some people, this is a difficult thing. Uh, some families are close and some families are fractured. Some families love being together at Christmas and some families do not. But whenever families get together at Christmas time, it's always an adventure, uh, especially if they are all staying under the same roof, like at the Griswold house. Now, some of you are going to be, or maybe you've already started, embarking on that journey uh, this week with your family. And and, and some of you will have great experiences and others of you might be counting the days until either you leave or your family leaves to go back where they came from. But if you're going to be with your family this week, then why not, why not make the most of it if you can? Today we light the fourth candle on the Advent wreath, the candle of love. We started with hope, we moved on to peace. Last week we talked about joy, and today we finished with the angel's candle for love. 
And every Christmas, this one included, I think many of us need to be reminded of what it means to love. Not just to talk about love, but to love. Not just to sing about love, but to love. Not just to intend to love, but to love. We need to be reminded about what it means to accept the love of God that is unconditional and undeserved. What it means to accept the love of others in our lives. Uh, What it means to take that love and to pass it to those around us, starting in our families. Christmas is all about love. If you had to sum up all of the Advent scriptures that we have read so far this year uh, regarding the birth of Christ, one word would do that, and that would be love. The love and wisdom of the prophets for telling the birth of Jesus. The love that Mary and Joseph had for that newborn child that was born of God. The love that the wise men showed as they followed the star and brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and, and myrrh. The love the shepherds showed as they went with haste and determination to see what the angel had made known to them. And the love of God who sent his son into the world to teach us how to live, to teach us how to love. I've always said this because I believe this, that human beings are very complicated creatures. God has given us the ability, because we're created in God's image, we have the ability and the capacity to love others and to care for them and to help others. And thank goodness we don't have to go through life alone. We, we go through the good times and the bad times with other people, with the people that we love. We do it in community. We believe in community. We journey through life supporting one another, loving one another, hopefully forgiving one another. But there's another side to us as well. And it's this side that we're not always very proud of. Some refer to it as our shadow side. If you study the Enneagram, you'll hear that word shadow side. Sometimes it seems like love gets pushed out of the way and anger and resentment and selfishness and jealousy and bitterness and hostility can take over our hearts. And this isn't the way that we want to live. It's just the way that we sometimes get when certain things happen and when certain circumstances arise. And all of us, no matter who we are, live with this ongoing tension, this struggle between the way that God calls us to be and the way that we we sometimes get when our sinful nature and our stressful lives take over and it calls us to be this way. We all wrestle with this because, truth be told, all of us, every single one of us, is capable of both. We're capable of both extremes. John's gospel, the fourth gospel, is different from the ones we call the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In Matthew, we we read about the wise men who followed the star. Uh, In Luke, we read about the shepherds who were out in the fields keeping watch over their flock when an angel appeared to them. But in John's gospel, we don't get a, a description of that first nativity in Bethlehem. We get a much more spiritual account of the incarnation and what it means. John begins his gospel this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now, God is clearly a mystery. We spend our entire lives trying to understand and grasp the mystery 
of God. I have a college degree and a, a, a seminary degree and a doctoral degree, and I still cannot fully grasp the mystery of God. I'm still searching for that and seeking that and trying my best to understand that. But Christ coming into the world at Christmas opened up a window for us to see God, to experience God, and to understand that God's true nature is love. It was only when Jesus came to earth in human form that we became able to fully understand the true nature of God. You see, up until that point, there had just been a lot of speculation. Some thought that God was judgmental. Some thought that God was vengeful. Some thought that God was violent. Some thought that God was angry. But it turns out that these are not the characteristics of the God that we serve who made himself known in Jesus Christ. John goes on to say, the word was with God, meaning that there has always been a very close connection between Christ and God. And the only person who can tell us and show us exactly what God is like and what God's will is for our lives is Jesus Christ. In other words, if we long to truly know God, then we must listen to what Jesus has to say about God and about God's kingdom. God is about hope. God is about peace. God is about joy. God is about love. God is about mercy and compassion and looking out for the least of these. And God is about forgiveness and offering new beginnings to other people if we want new beginnings for ourselves. We all know what our marching orders are as Christians because Jesus was very clear when he was asked that question by the lawyer. You remember that? He said, teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? How did he respond? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We know what's most important, but here's the problem. Some of us have forgotten how to love. Or maybe, maybe, we never knew how to love in the first place. Maybe it was never taught or demonstrated for us. Maybe we grew up in a family where we didn't experience love. And if you've never experienced love, then it's really hard to know how to love. The kind of love that we celebrate at Christmas is a love that says, I'll love you no matter what, no matter what you do or don't do, no matter what you have or don't have, no matter what you say or don't say. God didn't wait until we were good enough, but God reached out to us just the way we are. And we're called to do the same to each other. But we know that it's not easy. It's not easy because people can be selfish and self-centered and insensitive and completely focused on their own needs. People can say and do things that hurt. And when you've been hurt, you don't want to be hurt again. And when you've been hurt, you have a tendency to go and hurt others. Love is the light that John writes about in his gospel. Love is the light that shines in the darkness whatever it may be. Remember what Isaiah said, the people who've walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who've lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Christmas 
is all about God's eternal light invading the darkness of the world through the birth of Jesus Christ. That's why we decorate with candles and lights. That's why we sing with hope and joy those incredible carols, Silent Night, Holy Night, Darkness Flies, All is Light, Silent Night, Holy Night, Son of God loves pure light. We sing, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, Hail the Son of Righteousness, Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. O come, desire of nations fine, all people in one heart and mind. Bid envy, strife, and quarrels cease, and fill the whole world with heaven's peace. Love will always be the light that pierces the darkness. In the book of 1 John, we read these words. Let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. What would it look like if we started living our lives every day, trying to do our best to love every person that we encountered? What would it look like if we started living every single day, trying to love the people that we come into contact with because we don't know what's going on in their life or in their heart. The light of God in Christmas casts out all the different forms of darkness in our world. The darkness of greed, the darkness of competition and selfishness, and it replaces it with the spiritual values of love and compassion and generosity. The light of God at Christmas casts out the darkness of ignorance and doubt and replaces it with the way, the truth, and the life. The light of God at Christmas casts out the darkness of hatred as seen in war and racism and prejudice, and it replaces it with peace on earth and goodwill to all people. It casts out the darkness of sorrow and despair, and it replaces it with comfort, joy, and hope. The light of God at Christmas casts out the darkness of grudges and resentments, and it replaces it with forgiveness and new beginnings. So as we celebrate Christmas this week, just two days from now, let us remember that Christ is the everlasting light. And his light still shines in the darkness. And the darkness, no matter what form it takes, will never, never overcome it. And that's the power of Christmas. Whatever darkness you have in your heart, based upon things that you have lived through, based upon things that might have happened years ago in your family, the light of God at Christmas can cast out those things. There may be times in our lives when we feel like we've forgotten how to love or we're so hurt that we feel like we can't love. But if we can keep our eyes on Christ, then he will teach us over and over and over again what love looks like in action. And honestly, I don't know. I really don't know if there's a better time than Christmas to start loving once again, join me in prayer. God, give us eyes 
this Christmas to see the Christmas star and give us ears to hear the song of angels from afar. And with our eyes and ears attuned for a message from above, let Christmas angels speak to us of hope and faith and love, hope to light our pathway when the way ahead is dark, to sing through stormy days with the sweetness of a lark, faith to trust in things unseen and know beyond all seeing that it is only in your love that we live and have our being and love to break down barriers of color, race, and creed, to see and understand and help all of those in need. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, the everlasting light. Amen.